Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. Chip Patterson here. Kyle Porter on the line. Sean Martin from PGA Tour. Um, thank you again. You know, we appreciate your uh, hot, spicy Phil Mickelson takes on the U.S. Open recap. If you've not listened to that, make sure you go back on the feed and uh, and give that a little tap. Give it a little download. Tap that. Uh the the the, wow. pur- the purpose here <laughs> the purpose here um, is that we we need to sort of put everything in place because we've got two majors behind us uh, we've got the Open Championship at Carnoustie coming up PGA later in the year in August um, and then a, a Ryder Cup which is just going to be absolutely massive so it felt like a, a good time for us to to have a little bit of an analysis. On, on the storylines, what stood out the most, um, check in on some of the world's top golfers, make some pro- projections and predictions um, on the, what's going to be happening throughout the rest of the season. So uh, I'm going to throw this to both of you. Kyle, you first. What is one or two uh, big surprises in terms of uh, a storyline or a golfer's performance uh, that it, this sort of stands out where when we when you made your bold predictions, remember it was it January? You made bold predictions for the entire season. What's maybe one thing uh, that you, in, in looking into your crystal ball, that you didn't think that we would be talking about or thinking about as we sit here in late June? Yeah, I think, I think one of them, honestly, is, is Brooks Kepka. I predicted that he would uh, kind of regress. And so the two guys that I looked at in terms of uh, pr- like progression and regression, I said Rory would be better this year, which he has been. He's won a tournament. And I said Kepka would be worse, which he <laughs> – I mean he, he missed a few months, but he also just won the U.S. Open for the second straight year. So I'm a little surprised uh, by him uh, just just – going back to back at the US Open I think that's always a, would be a surprise for anyone to do that but also I think I think one story so there's two others and I don't know if you've heard these of these two guys that, that they have a close relationship or they used to or still do uh Justin Thomas God. <laughs> is uh is he's having he's having a great encore to uh what was an unbelievable 2017 and I don't think it's getting uh, a ton of attention because it happened maybe earlier in the year. He's he's leading the tour in money earned. I mean, he's he's number one in in uh, on the money list this year. He's having an awesome year. Uh, and then uh, his his pal Jordan Spieth not having an awesome year. He's been uh, kind of disappointing. He hasn't. You know, I was I was looking back. He has since February 2015. He has not had a day in which he wasn't holding at least one PGA Tour trophy in his hands, like as as the current champion of that event. And we're a month away from that disappearing. Uh, he's got the Travelers coming up. He's got, uh, or maybe he's already played this by the, or maybe he's already played the <laughs> Travelers by the time this airs. But then he's got the Open, which he won last year. And uh, if he doesn't win between now and then, he will he will be holding zero PGA Tour trophies, which hasn't happened in three and a half years. So uh, he's he's just been uh, I don't know he 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 hasn't figured it out on the greens yet. So I think he's been a little bit disappointed. Mm. All right, uh, Sean, I want to get your answer first, then we'll uh, we'll unpack it all. Uh, I'm going to go the near Reed slam. Mm-hmm. So I think the statistic was bandied about on this podcast before but before last year's pga patrick reed never had a top 10 in a major uh he finished runner-up at the pga won the masters of course where he had a horrible record 
uh, and then was fourth U.S. Open and seriously challenging at Shinnecock Hill. So I think uh, Patrick Reed becoming a dominant major force uh, was a little bit unexpected for me. Obviously, you thought he might grab one. He, he's won some big tournaments. He's won a WGC, a FedEx Cup playoffs event. But uh, going second, first, fourth in three consecutive majors is, is stout. It's like, uh, and I've I mentioned this before too. It's it, it's the the reality that is in Patrick Reed's head is leaking into our reality, like the reality where Patrick Reed it's is like the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the the best player in the. It's reverse osmosis. Oh, scary thing. Um, <laughs> I I like the idea that Patrick Reed is on uh, a path right now where. This isn't going to be uh, a glimmer or a glimpse or, or a flash in the pan, but instead he has added the everything about Patrick Reed. In the last two majors, um, he has added himself to what is becoming like, uh, I, I call it a growing waistline of the top tier of golfers, where coming into the Masters, I wasn't prepared to, to talk about Patrick Reed as being in that top tier uh, coming out of the U.S. Open, as you mentioned, he's he's absolutely right there. Like, what is all right, all right, Sean? Well, like realistically, what do you think the ceiling is for Patrick Reed? I'll throw you an over under of uh, two, three Eight and a half, three and a half major wins. <laughs> That's a lot. I'm going to take the under. Okay. Uh, but I do think I mean the odds are in his favor of being a multiple major champion. For I mean, sure. what is he, 27, 28? 28. Uh, four is a lot, though. I mean, five, still has five. So I'm going to take the under. Two or three is still a very good career. But I think even two, not to get too wonky, but uh, he was struggling with his equipment last year and finally got it all sorted out really around the PGA. And, and really, once he got his equipment sorted, he's become like a different man. And I don't know, maybe, I don't know how sustainable it is. You know, sometimes you guys just get on heaters, but uh, he looks like a different player now. He was all over those pins on Sunday. It was incredible. His approach shots were beautiful. He was uh, throwing I've, some elbows, too. <laughs> I've got my 10 predictions at the start of the year pulled up, Chip. Do you want me to just read through them real quick? Sure. Spieth wins major number four. Mm. That one's sort of hanging in the balance. Fowler wins the Masters. I, I've, so that was almost a walk-off. I could have just retired these. Uh, PGA Tour moves two events. I've got uh, they've moved one. We're going to Minnesota. Uh, Tiger wins. Can't lay into the top ten. McElroy uh, recovers. Kepka slides. That's that was one prediction. Um, that, I guess national. Well. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, I got a lot of these aged well. Augusta National announces plans to lengthen thirteen. Uh, Finau wins and makes the Ryder Cup. And Europe narrowly wins the Ryder Cup. So I, I think Kyle, if if Rory McIlroy doesn't finish top five at Carnoustie, I think I'm off the bandwagon for a year. Wow, I'm I, I have I Jason Day and Rory McIlroy at the U.S. Open is as disappointed as I've been in one of the world's top golfers um, in a long time, and I. I, I, I was going back and just sort of because it felt like um, it's just been feast or famine recently. And, 
you know, you go back to the the last ten majors, which goes back to the twenty ten Masters, and it's uh, it's five top tens, four missed cuts, and a T twenty two. And I I want I want I want to see the I want to see the the win. I want to see the the title contention. I'm not I'm not out here writing some uh, you know I'm I'm not I'm not working for a publication trying to write an exotic culture piece about Rory and and working out too much or what's happening off the field off the course <laughs> but like like I I as someone who who looks at Rory McIlroy um, not with the heart eyes that maybe you do but uh, I just I kind of feel like we're in this limbo where it's uncomfortable, un- uncomfortable, and just uh, just not very fun for a Roy McIlroy fan who you know, just wants to see some dubs again after getting spoiled with you know four majors and four seasons. Uh, I'd I'd like to see uh, like to see him hoisting a trophy. Yeah, I, I know, would why too. Why did no one complain about Brooks Kepka working out too much? <laughs> it's uh i just the guy's the, huge but no one has a problem with that well the one, thing, of the, one of the one of the best tweets i saw after he won was i i wish i could remember who said it was uh uh brooks kepka becomes <laughs> or, or it's impressive that kepka won the u.s open before reporting for uh for uh training camp uh for the nfl season <laughs> I mean, my my beef with Brooks Koepka working out isn't so much, you know, that he's work, working out too much. I'm just noticing his love of the gym and his gym habits. I've just said that I don't think Brooks and I would be very good friends. We just we just have different different ideas of how you're we not, want to you're spend not our Joey, free time. You're not a Joey D disciple. No, I'm not. <laughs> but Porath's uh, Porath's suggestion that a playoff between Brooks and TJ <laughs> <laughs> involved doing what was it box jumps up and down the fairway, uh, box jumps up the 18th fairway yeah. <laughs> with Joey D carrying both bags. That was a uh, that was Hall of Fame level type stuff but all right so rory like at the mid-season point uh you're right rory mcrory has won i'm not ready to say that he has uh taken all the steps back yeah again like is this the place to come for objective rory takes probably not uh yeah it's not great like i don't know we had many discussions about this topic uh at shinnecock and I think Sean has really good uh, perspective on Rory and and his career and just sort of where he's at right now. Um, But I think that he needs to win. And I I, I wrote this before the US Open. If he wins at a Shinnecock, at a uh, like an open championship that has a ton of weather, even if he wins Augusta, like that just re this sort of reshapes the way that we think about his career because I mean, Sean acts like he only has like one and a half majors because the, the crooked, uh, 2011 U S open, which was, uh, played in wet conditions. Uh, both the PGAs were apparently dishonest. And is that your take, Sean, both the PGAs? Uh, Side note, lesson learned. Any private conversation with Kyle uh, does have a chance to become fodder for the first cup podcast. <laughs> but, that uh, was hard. That was hardly. We, we were talking about that like very much in public. Well, but away from the spotlight of, of the first cup podcast. Have you not made one of our two and a half hour shuttle rides last week? Have you not made but No, this I do think. So here's, 
not publicly. No, I, I make all my spicy takes in private. Uh, but I do think for Rory, Rory's like that Fred Couples syndrome where he makes it look so easy when he's on that we just are perpetually wondering why can't you do this more often? Because it just it looks so effortless when it works. Um, and then I do have concerns. I mean, Rory has four majors, which is an incredible historic total. He's a Hall of Famer, one of the most successful you know Europeans of all time. But it is to me it is glaring that there's this huge hole in his game where if conditions are firm and fast and windy, he just, he doesn't even contend really. You know, he almost doesn't have a chance. We've seen some amazingly poor performances out of him at firm and fast majors. And uh, just in my mind, that just, it definitely knocks him down a peg. I mean, I definitely, I, not that Brooks is a better player than Rory. The resume is obviously you can't compare them, but like to me, I respect Brooks game because the way he won Aaron Hills and Shinnecock were, were two very different tests, whereas Rory, I think, all of his best golf comes on one sort of test. Mm. So the yeah, I, I, go ahead. To, to me, it's to me it's the wind because you you saw the first day at Shinnecock he struggled. Second day he shoots a thirty one on the back nine when it wasn't windy. And so you're like, okay, well, what's what's the difference here? It was it was it was really windy on Thursday. I don't I don't know if TV did it justice, but it was. I mean, it was it was tough. Like it was tough to play in. And I think I think what's interesting is I think that Rory struggles to have. Um, I mean, we've we've talked about this. He's talked about this. He struggles to be motivated in certain ways. And I think a lot of that comes from his personality. I think a lot of it comes from having one four majors by the age of 25 and having hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's like, well, what, what, what drives me? I think Augusta drives him, but I think, I think the idea of, uh, not necessarily reshaping or retooling his game, but just modifying it a little bit to prove that he can win at a place like Shinnecock at a tough open, like Carnoustie. I think, I think I could potentially see that being a motivator into his thirties. I don't know if it will be, but I think it could be because He's got all the tools, right? Like he's got everything you could ever want from a swing and from a from a game standpoint. But it 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 as it stands right now, I agree with Sean. Like it, he he's not he's not built to win in windy tough conditions. And and I think that I I don't know if that bothers him. I don't know if he thinks about that or whatever. But I think it could potentially be a motivator in his thirties if he's looking for something that he needs to kind of get going at some of these majors. Do you think? That he will win either the Open Championship or the PGA. I think Delray yeah. will fit up. Will suit perfectly for him. Hmm. Uh, it's August. It's hot. It's humid. The greens will have to be soft because of the heat. Uh, so I think that, I and mean, I think the PGA is right in his wheelhouse. Kyle, just another, just another yeah, dishonest he major. Did, he did play fairly well at Carnoustie as an amateur. I believe he was low amateur in 2007 Open. Uh, shot a first round 68. People were freaking out about this young lad named Rory. Uh, and he did. So, you know, maybe a little history there. If, if whatever 17 year old Rory can shoot 68 at Carnoustie, I think 30 year old or 29 year old Rory can, can do it. Yeah. He had a different game back then though. He was, he, he was more of a shot shaper, wasn't he? I don't know. I think he's getting back. I think he seems to be working a fade into his game more. I think he, I mean, I think he realizes this pattern that we've discussed. I don't know how he couldn't. So I definitely think that he's taking steps to rectify it. All right. When, uh, when we look at what's next for Justin Thomas, 
you mentioned him, Kyle, as being quietly, uh, you know, the the number one, the money winner, the money leader on the PGA Tour so far. Uh, you've also sort of picked him out as uh, someone who enjoys the, the, you know, sort of the grind of, of the PGA Tour life. Between now and the end of the season, Justin Thomas wins... 1.5 over under. Uh, that's tough. There's only like 15 events left. I'll say under. Under? All, but I, a lot of big ones. I, I have this sort of working theory that you you could, and, and I said this on our most recent podcast to Chip, but you can envision a scenario in which all four of the majors run through different Americans. So I think, I mean, it, it's obvious that the U.S. Open now runs through DJ and Brooks Kepio. Like, you're going to have to beat them to win the U.S. Open. I think the same thing about uh, Spieth and the Masters and maybe even maybe even Reed. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think one win is enough to say that about Reed, but I definitely think it about Spieth at Augusta. And I think there's a scenario in which that could be true of Justin Thomas at PGAs. I think that, I think that, I think JT has a lot of uh, Rory in his game. Uh, I think he's probably at this point. Uh, I don't know if more creative is the right word, but he's he's better suited to handle wind and and different conditions. But I could see him winning. I don't know two or three PGAs over the course of his career. And so you, you, there there's a path in which every single major could run through a different American. I, I don't maybe I don't know what the open is. Maybe it's Fowler and Spieth. Maybe it's. Uh, I don't know, a different combination of guys. But I think that's a pretty fascinating subplot to what has been a really interesting season, especially a- after having seen the last five majors go to different Americans, and I guess six since we have PGA Tour employee Sean Martin on on the phone here with the, the Players' Championship going to Webb Simpson. Uh, wait, what's, what's, that, uh, what's that connection? Oh, the Players' well, the, is the a players major. Championship is a major, of course. Oh, uh, yeah. That's true. Uh, what do you what do you make of that, Sean? <laughs> uh, I think that's actually a really good take. I I like that. I do think. I mean, I think Justin is well suited for a PGA. Uh, I think he's well suited for a lot of places. But uh, the Dustin Brooks thing is is crazy. I mean, those guys you wouldn't think it, but they're like the dominant U.S. Open players of of our era right now. I think Dustin top five and four of the last five U.S. Open. The one exception, he had a baby born that week, uh, and then Brooks has finished no worse than 18th in the last five opens and that's two wins a fourth and then a couple other like top 15s uh but i think that's definitely true and that's the hard part about winning majors people don't realize like stenson and still at the the british open like you can have an amazing historic performance but if there's that one guy who has a more amazing performance then it's your whole week is for not i mean like phil's performance at true is one of the best ever but he doesn't it almost doesn't count because henrik was just a little bit better is it is it crazier that DJ only has one major or that Spieth only has one green jacket? Uh, I'm gonna say DJ. Ooh, actually, huh. that's tough. I mean, Spieth's first three majors or first three Masters, he had at least a share of the 54 hole lead. Um, DJ, the crazy thing with DJ, I talked about it on the Friday because I was doing my circuit. Uh, the only major that he won <laughs> was the one where he didn't, where he didn't know his score because of that whole penalty situation. So I almost wonder if he didn't know his score because he didn't know if he was going to be penalized or not. So he's like, well, I just have to go play golf and play the best golf I can. 
I can't think about my score at all, which, I mean, that's the whole battle, right? It's not thinking about where you stand or what your score is. And the USGA kind of took care of that for him because he had no idea where he stood or what he was shooting. Yeah, but does DJ think about his score anyway? Like, I, I, I think that's a funny take, but I don't like I don't know if it's he's the right one that that would be applied to. Like, I could see that being true if it was, uh, I don't know, Bubba or somebody like that. But I don't think DJ ever thinks about his score, really. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something with Lee. Like, I hate that. Uh, I mean, he's a great player, but there's some. I mean, we saw him win by six in Memphis, granted, and he. But in big events, I mean, he lost a six shot lead in China uh, earlier this season, like in November. And then the four shot lead at the U.S. Open, six guys had done that. That was the tied the record for biggest lead ever at the U.S. Open. Six guys had done it before. Five of them had converted for the victory. The one exception was Tom Anderson back in like the days of Hickory and plus four. So I don't know. Just DJ is a great player, but there's some, and maybe it's just coincidence, but there's definitely some disconcerting performances uh, when he has the lead in big events. I think that the Jordan Spieth with the green jacket is the bigger surprise for sure. I think it's, I think it's DJ. I think, I think that Kepka has more majors than DJ is, is shocking to me. Like, I, I, I mean, it's not shocking because I watched them all, but it's just like in a vacuum, it's super surprising. And Kepka talked about this. I thought this was really interesting. He talked about it on Sunday night after winning the U.S. Open that DJ is going to go down as one. Of, he sounded like Tron, honestly. DJ is going to go down as one of the like most talented players of all time. And he's going to win a lot more majors and, you know, what, whatever. Like he just he he. He sort of started going on and on about DJ, but I don't know. There's only so many of them. Like he's 34. How long does that swing hold up? Uh, I mean, clearly he's in the middle of his prime and he's going to win a lot more. But I, I, you, I don't know. You only get so many chances, and I know that that's something that we say every major. But there's only four of them every year, and um, it just it seems like DJ should have more than one. I think Dustin Johnson will finish his career with more majors than Brooks Kepka. Yeah, I, I do too. I think that's probably the safe bet, but uh, but it's not that yeah. now. That's not where we stand. Is I know. Uh, is do do Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas notable notable often for their connection to each other? Are they going to get supplanted <laughs> in the best friends, the BFF rankings by uh, by Brooks and DJ? No, because Brooks and DJ have a different title. The one that I love is uh, Workout Buddies. <laughs> yeah. I'm asking like Hans and Franz for Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> but they JT, are Workout JT Buddies. Can be good. JT and Speed can be good friends. Brooks and Kepka are Workout Buddies. But the thing that's so fr- that's got to be so frustrating for uh, for Speed and JT is that like the there's. I mean, I, I don't know in, any of these guys personally, so feel free to put me in my place, but it sure seems like there are more hours spent together and a closer thing to what I would consider uh, shared commonalities that equal a friendship with Kepka and John DJ than there are with JT and Spieth. J- Spieth is... JT is closer to... This This whole thing is just... It's absurd, but JT is closer to Ricky than he is to Spieth. Yeah. Like, JT and Spieth are... I mean, they're friends, but they're not like... Yeah, they're not like hanging out every day, you know. Well, yeah, they live in totally different states. Yeah, 
Where's uh, uh, I want Brooks to roll into Joey D's gym next week, just curling both U.S. Open trophies. Like it's only one U.S. <laughs> Open trophy, but both both replicas of the U.S. Open trophy that he gets for his victory. Uh, oh yeah, I guess there's there's one that you don't get to keep. Yeah, you get uh, you get uh, I think it's a ninety five percent. You can get like a ninety percent size replica made. And I was speaking to a former U.S. amateur champion, and you can do the same for the U.S. amateur. Uh, and that replica is like $25,000. And I was like, that's great if you win the U.S. Open. You just won like 1.8 mil. But if you win the U.S. Amateur, I don't know if you can really start shelling out $25,000 for a replica trophy. That's true. Can, can you, can you buy it? Like, the U.S. Amateur. Can you buy it 10 years later? Like if Maybe you're, you're, if you're, when you've won the FedEx Cup and you're just swimming yeah, in money. Yeah, if you're Bryson. Like can Bryson go buy his, his U.S. Amateur trophy now? Probably. Y'all talking about putting it on layaway? Pretty much? <laughs> Payment, a payment plan? Yeah, I don't. I, you know, for some reason, when I when I think about all the stereotypes we associate with high level golf, layaway and payment plans aren't usually part of them. But you know, to each his own. Grow the game. <laughs> Speaking of growing the game, if you're a true golf fan, then you have got to have a Roku streaming player. It's a device that you plug into your TV to unlock thousands of live streaming and on demand channels, including the very necessary and free CBS Sports app. It's awesome. You'll have subscriptions to any of the professional sports league apps. Like if you've got it to the PGA Tour, if you've got it to the NBA, they're all available on the Roku platform so you can stream right to your TV. And even if you don't have those premium subscriptions, Roku is an awesome way to catch your favorite local teams live through apps through your cable providers. But of course, Roku also has access to all the movies and TV shows that you could possibly want with more than 500,000 available across free and paid channels. So check them out. Roku streaming players start at just $29.99 for the basic player, or you could spring for the higher end players because they stream in 4K with HDR. They make an awesome gift too, so perhaps you uh, you missed out on Father's Day or you've got a birthday or, or maybe you just even want to uh, give the gift of all of this wonderful streaming to someone else in your life. Well, you can do it with a Roku streaming player. So visit Roku.com, that's R-O-K-U.com to learn more and start streaming today. Um, hey, we haven't even <laughs> talked about Richard. Uh either in the context of the U S open or like the midseason evaluation. So, all right, Sean, you, you get first crack here. Where are you at with Fowler? What, what are your expectations for the rest of the season? And if you were to give him uh, a, a grade or an evaluation on how 2018 has been so far, you know, what are your big strongest takes? Uh, I don't know when the wedding date is set for, but let's say it's like next May. I think it's going to go down that, you know, Ricky gets married. He walks down the aisle, shows up at Pebble beach, a California kid, uh, life is settled and he wins the U S open and just for the storylines of gosh, you know, Ricky Fowler has got it. He's happy off the course and he's happy on the course. <laughs> and that's where that first major will come. That's not bad. So what, what do you think about what he's done? So like, cause we were talking you mentioned, uh, Phil Mickelson at Troon. I mean, Ricky Fowler damn near won the masters. If, if Patrick, if Patrick Reed is not on his game on Sunday, Ricky Fowler is the Masters champion, um, but what what have you seen in his? I, I think that there you could make an argument that statistically uh, he has not been 
right up with where he was at in 2017, but yet there still have been plenty of finishes uh, to give you reason to think that there's been no dip in his game. What have you seen from his performances? Ricky's so hard to read just because he's not very uh, very emotional. Like like the opposite of Phil, we, we know exactly what Phil's saying. I feel like Ricky just playing good, playing bad, it's always like, well, you know, it's not that far away. I, I, you know, I think there's some good signs. Like he's never that upset about his play. And then he's also never like, you know, he's not, it's pumping all over the place when he wins. So Ricky's just so hard to read, but he's also very consistent. I think, I think it's just Ricky being Ricky. It's, he's just playing very well and, uh, he could win. He might not. It's just, it's so hard to pin him down because I feel like he consistently plays well, but that means a lot of seconds and fourths and stuff that doesn't, you know, it's all about winning. Right. So we're all like, Oh, Ricky's not playing that because He's not winning. My dad says, my dad's like your average golf fan. He's like, well, what happened to Ricky Fowler? What's wrong with him? And I'm like, he's finished in the top 10 in like seven of his last 10 starts. But, you know, all we think about is winning. Yeah, he, he hasn't. <clears throat> I, I think that he's got a win in him uh, the rest of this year because he, he's come close and he actually hasn't been that great statistically. I mean, for him, he usually finishes in the top 10 or 15 in strokes gained. And he's like 27th right now. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, I agree with Sean. Like, I think part of his problem is that his uh, he's so consistent, but he's never like just cr- like crazy hot. And, w- and I mean, when he is, he wins, but he hasn't he hasn't done that that much. You know, like he's only got I think four PGA Tour wins, a couple European Tour. Um, so he's been. I mean, he's had a really good career, but like, I mean, you saw it at DS Open weekend. He goes out and shoots 80, 84, 65. I mean. what <laughs> It's just, I don't know, like, it's not, that's not a, it's a great way to finish in the top 20. It's not a great way to win a golf tournament. And, uh, but I think, I think he is going to, I think he's going to have a really good last 15 weeks or so and, and grab a win in there uh, somewhere. Maybe I've always thought the open would be his first major. Uh, I don't, I don't know which open, but just winning over there. Uh, we saw him play. We've seen him play well there before. 2014, he finishes runner-up to Rory in that kind of runaway win. But uh, I don't know. I could see Pebble. That'd be a that'd be a good spot for him too. Unlike Ricky Fowler, uh, there is there's no site or no particular major uh, that is going to make my game uh, look like uh, I'm a potential candidate to win. No, no, not the Open Championship, not the U.S. Open. Uh, but I could improve if I want to do better in my uh, my local Muni Hat pools. And one way I can do that, and one way that you can improve your game, is that Top Golf. That's right. You've been hearing about Top Golf, and you probably have visited Top Golf. But did you know that at Top Golf they do lessons differently? Top Golf's certified instructors not only help you improve your game, uh, but they also make sure that you have a great time too. See, Top Golf's also about having fun, so you get to sip, snack, swing, and play better with Top Golf Coach. So book a lesson today at TopGolf.com/lessons, a way to improve your game and also have a little bit of fun. Again, TopGolf.com/lessons. Book one today. All right, so right now, uh, Ryder Cup standings. Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler. That's your top six. Do both, sick. Do, you, do both of you think all six of those, not including captain's picks, but just based on play and points alone, they are a lock to make the squad? Yeah. Sean? 
I think, yeah. I mean, there's no real surprise there, right? I mean, that's kind of the cream of the crop. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But this is where it gets fun. All right. Bubba Watson, Webb Simpson, Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson, Matt Kuchar, Brian Harmon. So throw in Tiger and let's say three got to go from Bubba, Webb, Bryson, Phil, Cooch, and Harmon. Yeah, Tiger will be in. So that's what, seven. Uh, I think Bryce, uh, Phil will be in. So that's eight. I think Bryson will be in. So that's nine. I think Bubba will be in. So that's 10. And then I think it gets interesting. I, I mean, Webb is you know, about to play himself onto the team. It would be hard to keep him out, even if he narrowly misses given that he won the players championship. But then that group at like 12 through 15, Harmon, Finau, Xander, Aaron Wise, Jimmy Walker, Kucher. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I was telling Sean this at, at uh, Shinnecock, like you, somebody's going to get left off that you're like, Holy crap, that guy is not on the Ryder cup team. Like there, there's gonna there's that's gonna be somebody, and I don't know if that's, I don't know who that is. Maybe it's Kucher. Maybe it's. I mean, I I feel like we don't talk about Xander enough. He's been he's been pretty awesome for the last year, and he's won twice. And uh, I don't know. I I think I think Xander can make the team. I think Xander can make the team, but it does seem like Xander's the kind of player who within the politics of the Ryder Cup would get left off for a vet. Uh, yeah. at the last minute. Like deciding between Xander and Kucher. Yeah, and Kucher gets the tap. Yeah. Just just with like, oh no, there's plenty more Ryder Cups and President's Cups and in Xander's future. Um, you know, we'll we'll take Cooch from the experience. I don't know. What's uh Sean, what's your what's your general sort of Ryder Cup forecast right now? The crazy thing with Xander, which I can't tell if it helps or hurts him. I mean it probably helps him because majors are double points, but so Xander's played 15 events this year. He has three top tens. Uh, he's got a runner-up at the players and a sixth at the U.S. Open, and the only other one is a ninth at Riviera. He's like the definition. He's like an American leashman, big game hunter. And so it's a good way to rack up points, but also for him to work his way into that top 12, he's going to have to start playing well at some, you know, some regular events, if you will. Uh, I think Jimmy Walker makes a move. He's playing better after all those Lyme disease struggles. So I'm going to go... Uh, I mean, I think Phil, I think Bryson, I mean, Webb's pretty safe, honestly. It, it, well, I guess, yeah, I, I, think, Bryson, I, I think, Phil. I think Webb is Bryson, safe too. Phil, Webb, Walker. Mm. No dice. Uh, that gets you to, yeah, that gets yeah. you to, that gets you to 10. What about Bubba, Tiger? Well, Tiger, I mean, I don't think there's any way to leave Tiger off the team. So Tiger... And then, oh, you know, Bubba. I thought I said Bubba. I lost track of my own pick. Uh, bad takes. <laughs> Bubba <laughs> Webb, Bryson, Phil, Xander, Jimmy. So no, no tiger. We don't need. Look, we're so good. We don't need twelve players. Let's just bring ten and still be the. <laughs> <laughs> uh what I, you know I, you know reed's gonna try to play twice on sunday anyway so <laughs> play the first and last matches yeah i do i do think that uh because all right so we had patrick reed uh catches fire at the masters we had 
uh, rest of the sports world, untangling the complicated legacy of Patrick Reed. But then also, uh, from what I can figure, kind of coming to terms with it, Patrick Reed gets uh, goes totally uh, like perform performs very high, is lights out on Sunday again. I I think that the 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 full circle of Patrick Reed in terms of the way he's received by golf fans ran its course so that now when he uh, he steps to the tee in Paris, everybody watching stateside will be all back in with the photoshops of him riding a, a bald eagle with an American flag on it. Like I think I think we'll be right back to 2016 levels of Patrick Reed fandom after a slight dip following uh, some of the revelations that came with Masters win. Oh, no doubt. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That did I not mean, take much time, but like it needed to be out there. We needed to, everyone needed to get their head around it. And now we're just back to understanding him as the cold-blooded Ryder Cup killer that he is. Yeah, I mean, the, the Ryder Cup is just like total immunity from like everything like if you if you're if you're throwing on the the stars and stripes like you could have you could have done anything i mean the if if aaron hernandez played in the Ryder cup what people would root for him wow wow cool <laughs> that's i'm serious that's a reach that's a big reach people are insane about about i mean you, you guys are watching the world cup people are crazy about this stuff that's true well, go Gators, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, let's get let's get one bold prediction before we get out of here. Sean, you first. Bold prediction, bold and spicy between now and the end of the season. Uh, Phil comes back and wins the British. Sick, <laughs> sick. Oh, give it to me. Cook it up and just. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Got chills just even thinking about it. Wait, Chiv, I didn't. Before I give my prediction, I, I didn't. We didn't really get your fill take from the U.S. Open. I know this is a different podcast, but what was your, what was your take of it all? Uh, probably just built back into the uh, the there's always going to be something argument. Yeah. Just yeah. Just like oh, well, is it Phil this year? Is that what the uh, you know what storm is going to be? Is that it? All right, cool. Well, let's. Let's do the dance. Let's trot Mike Davis out. Let's get the players' response. Let's ask. Let's ask all the other players what they think about this thing over here. Um, you know, the the fact that it was Phil is kind of like, well, you know, that's one of the more combustible or volatile uh, substances we've got in the experiment right now. Not surprising that that <laughs> beaker broke over there. Like the all all, all of it was very. Uh, I just. I found myself going um, like path of least resistance. Like, oh, of course. Well, yeah, there's going to be an outrage. Oh, and it involves Phil? Cool. All right. Uh, but my ultimate ana- analysis of the situation was that he just snapped. Where where were you when you saw it happen and what was your re- response? Like, wh- how did you consume it? Uh, my first response was, uh, wait, where is he marking it? Like, because like I, I, he hit it back but then he marked it real quickly and it was almost right where he started. And I was like, wait, did, does he think that no one saw him hit that at all? <laughs> like, like was, is he just going to take it back and just be like, mm, nah, replay, retry, let's start over. Um, but you know, as, as things kind of fell apart, uh, 
I mean, you were in Slack. We were all just kind of like, uh, what was that? It, it it was so surreal to be like uh, by the the scoring uh, little hut, the scoring tent, waiting waiting for him to come out because he was clearly trying to piece together a story. And I mean, it, it was the whole thing was insane. And then on Sunday, we're all up there again trying to get quotes from him. And he just ejects. He just walks straight to signing for all the fans and goes down the line. And people are out there for like an hour trying to get a quote from him. And and he's out. He's gone. And the whole thing was just, I know people like make fun of the media or whatever, but the whole thing was completely surreal. And it just one of the, one of the craziest things that's ever happened at a major. Agree. Um, and Sean Martin says he's going to win at Carnoustie, and I'm here for it. Yeah, uh, what, that would be incredible. Uh, also, Hideki sweeps the FedEx Cup playoffs and hoists the FedEx Cup. Just oh my gosh. <laughs> we'll see. All right, so when we were throwing out uh, – I can't even remember now. When I was throwing out the Justin Thomas win total uh, for the end of the season, I think I said one and a half with the idea that JT just seems like a guy who's going to get out there and win one of those playoff events. Like that's J- JT Hideki, Dustin Johnson. Like those, those are, uh, those are players that I can, that I can see just turning it like absolutely turning it on at a playoff event and, uh, and walking off with a big hunk of change. So I, I, I could see, I don't know about sweeping them all, but I'd love it. I'd be here for it. Uh, Kyle. Hideki got to turn something on. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Uh, my bold prediction is Speed wins twice before the end of the year. Is one of them a major? Yeah. Mm, man, give me Speed and Rory in Missouri in August. Yeah, well, no, I, I, I mean, I think you can see a scenario in which Speed def- uh, wins the Open again and then Rory takes the PGA. Well, outside of... Uh, if if Rory takes the PGA, that would be the the a great setup for Ryder Cup, because then all oh, of a yeah. su- then all of a sudden the Americans lose their the streak is over. Yeah, be awesome. Mm. Europe's gonna win in Paris. I hate that prediction. I know everybody does, but it's gonna happen. Rory, fl- I mean, I kind of agree. Really? I mean, they're just gonna set up the course short with thick rough and uh. The, it's so it's hard to win over there. Uh, yeah, I like JT's move of playing late golf national uh, to get some prep work over there. I'm curious to see who else does that. But yeah, I don't know. It's hard to hard to win over there. Mm, should be fun. no one's done Fleetwood, it since '93. Fleetwood's gonna go four one and oh four zero oh, and one something like that. And everyone's gonna finally join the church of Tommy Elitewood. <laughs> Uh, he is Sean Martin. You can follow him on Twitter at PGA Tour S Martin. And you can follow him, Kyle Porter, at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, this midseason valuation was a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chip. Thank you.